Hello and welcome to the Hope Not Hate podcast. Ahead of Holocaust Memorial Day, we've recorded a long read taken from our recently published book, Rewriting History, Lying, Denying and Revising the Holocaust. As time passes, there are fewer and fewer survivors who can bear witness, so we're more and more reliant on educators to memorialise the horror of what happened. The book is available online if you want a copy for yourself, but you can also sponsor a copy going to a school too. Links are available in the description of this episode. The following extract is read by Gemma Levine. 1945, as the news of organised mass murder and gas chambers shocked the world, the far-right's dream of a fascist future was left shattered in the ruins of Berlin and the Holocaust became the primary roadblock to the resurrection of the far-right's besmirched ideology. Many on the far-right believed then and now that if fascism was ever to rise again from the ashes, then the truth of the Holocaust had to be destroyed. The Holocaust was the systematic and planned attempt by the Nazis and their collaborators to murder all the Jews in Europe. From the time they came to power in Germany in 1933, the Nazis used propaganda, persecution and legislation to deny human and civil rights to Jews. They used centuries of anti-Semitism as their foundation. After the Nazis occupied Poland in September 1939, Polish Jews were confined to ghettos, cramped areas with appalling living conditions, and the concentration camp system was expanded in a deliberate attempt to cause the deaths of hundreds of thousands of Jews. This approach was repeated across other countries as they occupied them. In 1941, as part of the final solution, ghettos were liquidated and Jews were transported from across Europe to concentration camps, the largest being Auschwitz-Birkenau. Jews were either set to work in such appalling conditions that they would likely die of disease, malnutrition or starvation, or they were sent straight to the gas chambers. The Nazis and their collaborators murdered six million Jewish people in ghettos, mass shootings, concentration camps and extermination camps. In addition to Jews, other victims of Nazi persecution included LGBT people, disabled people, black people, political opponents such as communists and trade unionists, Roma and Sinti people, Freemasons, Jehovah's Witnesses, non-Jewish Poles and Slavic people, and so-called asocials such as beggars, alcoholics, drug addicts, sex workers and pacifists. So what is Holocaust denial? The original Holocaust deniers were the Nazis themselves, who sought to hide all trace of their attempted extermination of the Jews contemporaneously through the use of euphemistic language, referring to their evacuation and special treatment. Yet, in private, the Nazi hierarchy could be quite open about its genocide of the Jews, while acknowledging the need for the utmost secrecy. This approach was encapsulated in a speech by Hitler's Reichsführer SS Heinrich Himmler, made to a gathering of 150 SS officers in Posen on the 4th of October 1943. He said, I also want to talk to you quite frankly on a very grave matter. Among ourselves, it should be mentioned quite frankly, and yet we will never speak of it publicly. I mean the evacuation of the Jews, the extermination of the Jewish race. It is in our programme. Elimination of the Jews... And we are doing it, exterminating them. Most of you know what it means when a hundred corpses are lying side by side, or five hundred, or a thousand. 
This is a page of glory in our history which has never been written and is never to be written. Even as Himmler spoke, however, the tide of the war was turning against the Nazis. In the wake of the Battle of Stalingrad and the Allied invasion of Europe the following year, the Nazis raced to cover up the crimes which Himmler had proudly spoken of as a page of glory in our history, only the year before. Gas chambers were hurriedly dynamited, camps hastily abandoned, and surviving inmates dragged on death marches in a vain attempt to remove the last living testimony to Nazi atrocities from liberation by the advancing Allied forces. Others, too ill to march, were either shot out of hand or left to die. Even as they stared defeat in the face, the Nazis still attempted to kill as many Jews as possible. Since the military destruction of the Third Reich in 1945, Holocaust denial, insofar as it was understood in the West, has been viewed for what, in fact, it generally was, an attempt by surviving unreconstructed Nazis and their post-war acolytes to whitewash the monstrous crimes of the Third Reich's past in the hope of rehabilitating the Nazi regime. This fantasy, based on the denial of obvious historical fact, was never tenable. Memory of the Holocaust remains one of the principal stumbling blocks to the revitalisation of fascist politics, which is perhaps why fascist activists have gone to so much effort to deny the Nazis' crimes during the last 70 years. However, denial of the Holocaust is by no means a monopoly of the far right. In the West, anti-Semitism is indelibly linked to fascism and the far right, fused together by the gas chambers of Auschwitz and the bullets of the Einsatzgruppen. In Europe, the denial of these crimes has thus primarily been the preoccupation of the surviving ideological kinsmen of the Nazis. Yet history has taught us that anti-Semitism arises in many forms, and this is no less true for Holocaust denial. As such, if we are to even approach a holistic understanding of denial, we have to look beyond Hitler's post-war acolytes on the far right and explore alternative wellsprings. As such, this book explores denial found in left-wing circles and from, Buddha, and from Muslims both in Muslim-majority countries and in the West. Chapter 1. From Protocols to Lizards. Holocaust Denial as Conspiracy Theory. The myth that the Jewish people are secretly powerful and control world events for their own benefit is centuries old. As Norman Conn outlines in 1966 in Warrant for Genocide, for generations there have been conspiracy theories claiming the existence of a secret Jewish government, sometimes in league with satanic forces, that is waging a war against Western societies and responsible for a wide variety of disasters and tragedies. Throughout history, Jews have been blamed for major events such as the crucifixion of Jesus, the spread of the Black Death, the poisoning of wells and the murder of non-Jewish children, through to the First World War, the Russian Revolution and the Great Depression of 1929. More recently, Jews have been held responsible for the destruction of the World Trade Centre, recent conflicts across the whole of the Middle East and for the refugee crisis. Holocaust denial is a modern development of this Jewish world conspiracy and a logical conclusion of an illogical theory. Over the years, Holocaust denial has also overlapped with other conspiracy theories, ranging from 9-11 to climate change denial. Part of the appeal of conspiracy theories, including Holocaust denial, can stem from an attraction to taboo ideas, 
This is especially true in our era of fake news, where hostility to authorities and traditional gatekeepers abounds, making the feeling of empowerment arising from belief that one possesses the real truth all the more attractive to some. Moreover, the increased accessibility of such theories online has meant that believers in some ostensibly non-anti-Semitic conspiracy theories have come to flirt with, or openly endorse, conspiratorial anti-Semitism and Holocaust denial. With this overlap comes the potential to introduce this dangerous false narrative to new audiences. The Jewish World Conspiracy Myth As Michael Barkon outlines in his 2003 work A Culture of Conspiracy, Apocalyptic Visions in Contemporary America, a conspiracy belief is the belief that an organisation made up of individuals or groups was or is acting covertly to achieve some malevolent end. Believers in conspiracy theories have a tendency to read intention into seemingly random events, to reject official versions of the truth and to, re- and to view separate events as interconnected. One document that has been an enduring influence on the development of Holocaust denial and conspiratorial anti-Semitic thought more generally is the Protocols of the Elders of Zion, or simply the Protocols, a forgery described by the United States Holocaust Memorial Museum as the most notorious and widely distributed anti-Semitic publication of modern times. The text, which was first published in full in Russia in 1905 and Europe and America in 1920, claims to be notes from a secret meeting of Jewish leaders at the first Zionist conference in Switzerland, 1897. The schemers discuss a fiendish plan to encourage insurrections, instigate wars, control economies through the banks and infiltrate the media and political parties in order to brainwash and enslave populations, enabling Jewish world control. As David Aronovich notes in Voodoo Histories, the role of conspiracy theory in shaping modern history, conspiracy theories claim that world events are set in motion by design rather than randomness, and the protocols appeared to offer a handy explainer for the confusion and upheaval of the First World War and the Russian Revolution. In the UK, sections of the press, such as the Morning Post, wrote favourably of the document. In the US, Henry Ford, the business magnate and founder of the Ford Motor Company, serialised the protocols in his newspaper, Dearborn Independent, in 1920. This was then sold in book format, moving 500,000 copies in the USA. In Germany... Nazi theorist Alfred Rosenberg published The Protocols of the Elders of Zion and Jewish World Policy in 1923, which spread so widely it had to be printed three times within a year. By 1924, the protocols were, beyond all doubt, debunked by journalists as a forgery and a plagiarism of Maurice Jolie's 1860s French satirical text, A Dialogue in Hell between Montesquieu and Machiavelli adapted by Pyotr Rakovsky, an agent of the Tsarist secret police. However, the protocols summed up centuries of conspiratorial anti-Semitism in one short document. While Ford apologised for promoting the false document, amongst some extreme anti-Semites, such as Adolf Hitler, an attitude soon developed that is summarised by Aronovich thus. The protocols confirm what I believe and what I think I see around me, Therefore, they are true in the most important sense, even if they themselves are forgeries. 
Furthermore, whether they are forgeries or not does not matter, because they confirm what we see around us. They will help people better understand what is going on. Joseph Goebbels echoed this sentiment, writing in his diary in 1924 that he believed in the intrinsic but not the factual truth of the protocols. The document was used in Germany to raise the Jewish question, and and its key role in Nazi propaganda helped demonise the Jewish population, facilitating their ultimate murder. In Europe and North America, the genocide of Europe's Jewish population during the Second World War created a general post-war rejection of open anti-Semitism in the mainstream, meaning the protocols has been consigned to the fringes ever since. Importantly, though, it has remained readily available here for those seeking it. What's more, with the emergence of the internet, social media and online retailing, new avenues for attempting to disseminate the book's ideas have emerged. Indeed, this has likely increased the contingent who refer to its truth without having even read it. Anti-Semites adapt. The systematic mass slaughter of six million Jews forced several questions on unreconstructed Nazis and other anti-Semitic conspiracy theorists. Firstly, if Jews were an all-powerful cabal controlling world events, how had they allowed themselves to be killed in their millions? Secondly, how could Nazism be revived given how hated the ideology was across the world in the wake of the Holocaust? The simple idea that the Holocaust had never happened was convenient to accept for many post-war anti-Semites, and the Holocaust was quickly incorporated into the anti-Semitic framework of the Protocols, portrayed as a myth invented by Jews to brainwash the public and further Jewish ends. It was also comforting for some fascists to believe that the supposedly glorious Third Reich was defeated by diabolical, almost supernatural forces rather than communists and the British. As in the protocols, the responsibility for deceiving the public was placed on a media allegedly controlled by Jews. Arguably, the first denier was British extremist Alexander Ratcliffe, who wrote in 1943. The various press reports about Hitler's terrible persecution of the Jews mostly are written by Jews and circulated by Jews. Mostly, such reports are the invention of the Jewish mind for the historian immediately after the war will prove that 95% of the Jew atrocity stories and photographs of such atrocities appearing in the press, magazines and journals are mere invention. The idea that the public is being misled by the media's deliberate spread of false evidence is common of conspiracy theorists and means that contrary evidence can be dismissed out of hand The idea that the Holocaust is a deliberate lie can be seen in the titles of the movement's texts. For example, Austin Apt's The Six Million Swindle or or Carlo Montagno's Auschwitz, A Three-Quarter Century of Propaganda. The formation of the State of Israel in 1948 provided an opportunity for for conspiratorial anti-Semites to reaffirm the reality of Jewish influence on the world stage and gave deniers an alleged reason for why Jews may have fabricated the Holocaust, accruing the German reparations and public support necessary to establish the state. Early French denier Paul Racinier, for example, argued that the six million victims are only a shameful invention of an all-powerful world jury, engineered in order to acquire financial support for Israel. Fellow French denier Robert 
Furrison expressed a theory typical in the denial world in 1991, as quoted in The Guardian. The alleged Hitlerian gas chambers and the alleged genocide of the Jews form one and the same historical lie, which permitted a gigantic financial swindle whose chief beneficiaries have been the State of Israel and international Zionism, and whose main victims have been the German people and the Palestinian people as a whole. To Aronovich, conspiracy theories are in part popular as they allow believers to present themselves as smart enough to see through the false official versions of events and heroic in their struggle against shadowy forces. The deniers' focus on Israel also enables them to present themselves as selfless truth-seekers, standing up for the defenceless and terrorised Palestinian people against the Israeli state. Legal consequences in some European countries allow prosecuted deniers to become martyrs for the truth, heightening the sense of self-sacrifice. Conspiracy theorists' habit of reading intention into any circumstance means that victims of random misfortunes can also be be portrayed as martyrs. For example, sections of the far right maintain that Polish Holocaust denier Darius Ratajczak, who died in 2010 of alcohol poisoning, was killed by the Israeli intelligence agency Mossad. A a view also propagated on the Iranian state satellite television channel Press TV. Just as many conspiracy theorists rail against supposedly sheep-like brainwashed public, non-deniers are sometimes cast as dupes or lackeys in the Jewish conspiracy. Infighting deniers even occasionally accuse each other of being Zionist chills. For example, the Institute of Historical Review's founder Willis Carto's charges against the IHR leader Mark Weber. Much of the published Holocaust denial literature in the West now avoids directly promoting the discredited protocols and an open Jewish world conspiracy theory, opting rather to present a veneer of academic responsibility to their work. It should be noted, however, that the protocols remain widespread in the Middle East and North Africa. Anti-Semites who do promote the document, sometimes, as Goebbels did, acknowledge its falsity. For example, in December 2007, the Australian Holocaust denial denier Michelle Renouf, appearing on the Insight programme broadcast by the Iranian TV network Islamic Republic of Iran Broadcasting, claimed that the document indicated certain aspects of cultural direction that we ought to look at, be they forgeries or otherwise. Both the protocols and the long-standing tradition of conspiratorial anti-Semitism is woven into the very fabric of the scene. To take one last example, the American Nazi Francis Parker Yockey denied the Holocaust in his book Imperium, The Philosophy of History and Politics, which is permeated with conspiracy theories and a rabid hatred of Jews, who he claims are bent on a mission of revenge and destruction against Western societies. Yockey was a major influence on Cato, the founder of the IHR, which was for many years the foremost engine of Holocaust denial in North America. While the protocols are rarely directly addressed in IHR material, as Richard S. Levy claims in his 1995 introduction to Benjamin W. Siegel's A Lie and a Libel, The History of the Protocols of the Elders of Zion, the debt the organisation owes to the document is scarcely mistakable. The publication portrays Jews as 
engaged in a gigantic conspiracy of evil, a destructive force in past and present, worthy of hatred and fear. Everything is connected. The deep roots of Holocaust denial in conspiracy thinking has meant that modern Holocaust denial overlaps with numerous other conspiracy theories, especially in the age of the internet. Just as some deniers interpret world events, such as 9-11 or the refugee crisis, as part of a Jewish plot, overlapping online and offline scenes means that believers in ostensibly non-anti-Semitic conspiracies can come into contact with Holocaust denial. This is especially true for believers in what Barkan calls systematic conspiracies, where a conspiracy is held to have broad goals, such as control over a country or even the world, and are driven by a single evil group manipulating existing organisations. This is also true for a more extreme category that Barkan describes as super-conspiracies, whereby multiple conspiracies are linked together hierarchically with an all-powerful force manipulating lesser conspiratorial actors at the top of the pyramid. Conspiracy theories falling into these two broad categories can help to provide meaning and clarity to unpredictable events across the world. Deniers often have prior involvement in other conspiracy theories. For example, as Aronovich writes, Harry Elmer Barnes, a key denier, opposed American involvement in the Second World War by alleging that American President Franklin D. Roosevelt had prior knowledge of the intention of the Japanese to attack Pearl Harbor in 1941, but did not act in order to force American entry into the conflict. News of the death camps were problematic for those, like Barnes, who opposed American involvement in the Second World War. In the 1960s, Barnes began to question the notion of Hitler's involvement in the Final Solution, endorsing denier Paul Rossinier and claiming that it had been exaggerated in order to serve communist and other political causes in Europe and outright financial purposes in Tel Aviv. On the more extreme end, Barnes's name was adopted by the Barnes Review, a denial publication run by Willis Carto until 2005. Its sister paper, the American Free Press, was edited by veteran conspiracy theorist James P. Tucker, also known as Big Jim Tucker, until his death in 2013. Tucker was best known for his theories around the Bilderberg Group, an annual conference of politicians and leaders in industry, finance, academia and the media, alleged by conspiracy theorists to be secretly directing the course of world events. There are many examples of overlap in the UK conspiracy scene, The London Forum, which has been the key offline platform for deniers in the UK over the past five years, has hosted 9-11 truthers. British Holocaust denier Nick Collestrom has held an organising role in Keep Talking, the monthly London-based conspiracy theory group, which started as part of the 9-11 truther movement. Collestrom is a disgraced former professor of University College London, who believes that the 7-7 bombings were orchestrated by the British, American and Israeli secret services. Holocaust denial has gained the status of the ultimate taboo because of the legal consequences it can have in some countries, which makes it attractive in the eyes of some conspiracy theories. As Barkin writes, the greater the stigma, the more attractive the source becomes, for the intensity of rejection is its truthfulness. 
This attraction to what Barkin calls stigmatised knowledge seems to be the case for the most prominent super-conspiracist active today, former goalkeeper and former Green Party spokesman David Icke. Icke's all-encompassing theories focus on the scheme of a secret brotherhood, most infamously depicted as extraterrestrial, shape-shifting reptilians. Placing extraterrestrials at the top of the conspiratorial hierarchy has allowed Ike to vocally reject accusations of anti-Semitism and present himself as solely pro-Palestinian, despite his frequent ventures into strongly anti-Semitic territory. The protocols feature in Ike's theories. As Marlon Solomon writes in Hope Not Hate magazine, Ike has previously insisted that the document exposes the Illuminati, not the leaders of a Jewish world conspiracy. However, he has also referred to the elders as Rothschild Zionist. In his book, And the Truth Shall Set You Free, he writes, I strongly believe that a small Jewish clique, which has contempt for the mass of Jewish people, worked with non-Jews to create the First World War, the Russian Revolution and the Second World War. The Jewish elite used the First World War to secure the Balfour Declaration and the principle of the Jewish State of Israel. Whilst Ike claimed that he has never denied the Holocaust, Solomon also highlights that his website hosts numerous links to far-right websites, including the IHR, that Ike has called Auschwitz survivor Elie Wiesel a Holocaust fraud and has called the Nuremberg trials a calculated exercise in revenge and manipulation, going on to write, Why do we play a part in suppressing alternative information to the official line of the Second World War? How is it right that while this fierce suppression goes on, free copies of the Spielberg film Schindler's List are given to schools to indoctrinate children with the unchallenged version of events? Holocaust denial and anti-Semitism has been promoted on conspiracy theory websites since the early days of the internet. As noted by Dr Nicholas Terry, speaking to The Guardian in January 2017, In one sense, the internet means Holocaust deniers have got a lot of competition. On the other, in this more free-form world, deniers have been able to attract a certain minority from the world of conspiracy theories. This kind of free-for-all on the internet creates a milieu that has seen people who would normally identify along the left of the political spectrum gravitate towards ideas that are more at home on the far right. One conspiracy theorist providing an online platform for Holocaust deniers is Ike's protégé, Richie Allen who has hosted many anti-Semites on his online radio show, such as Alison Shablow, Nick Collestrom and Gilad Atzmon. As Solomon points out, while he claims his guests are on to debate, they are often given an easy ride if they hold conspiratorial beliefs. Alan himself indulges in Holocaust minimisation, claiming that while he believes Nazis were maniacal, he has massive, massive problems with the official figures of Jewish dead. Alan's content was uploaded to Ike's site while Alan's own was undergoing maintenance in 2017. Ike's Ike's attribution of protocol-style anti-Semitic tropes to extraterrestrials has also, to some extent, helped to facilitate the spread of conspiratorial anti-Semitism. Andrew Anglin, founder of the neo-Nazi alt-right site The Daily Stormer, wrote in 2016... For decades, 
David Icke has been the only man willing to stand up and talk about the fact that reality is an illusion and our thoughts and emotions are controlled by reptile people, open brackets, Jews, close brackets, going on to state that David Icke maybe or maybe does not believe in reptile people, but probably either way, they are a metaphor for the Jews. Holocaust denial, minimisation and even celebration are routine on the Daily Stormer. Red Ice Radio, now the, pre- the premier net media network of the white nationalist alt-right, initially built its following posting 9-11 conspiracy theories and hosting pseudoscientists and conspiracy theorists of various kinds. Featured numerous times on the site was David Icke, with episode tit- titles such as Origins of Israel, A New Mono World Order and The Manipulation of Humanity. Red Ice has now fully embraced the far right, hosting Holocaust deniers and anti-Semites such as Alfred Schaffer, Germar Rudolph, David Duke, Eric Hunt, Gilad Atzmon and Andrew Anglin as a matter of course. Anti-Semitic conspiracy theory is an integral aspect of Holocaust denial. For conspiratorial anti-Semites, Jews are a scapegoat for every historical tragedy. Conspiratorial anti-Semites have developed denial theories because they fit with their worldview, and the genocide of the alleged conspirators does not. Whatever pseudo-academic gloss deniers paint their theories with, conspiracy theories they remain. In the age of the internet, anti-Semitism, and thereby Holocaust denial, remains a potential influence on those prone to conspiratorial beliefs, threatening to lead them down darker and more hateful paths. Such dangerous bogus theories must be challenged wherever they are encountered.